When it comes to safety, nothing is more important than your vehicle's brakes. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing or grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest and BrakeBest Select at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brakes from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com. Well, good afternoon. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting that Tweet This button and let the followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125, and you can also like the show. Uh, If you like the show, you can follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page, and of course, you can always keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Leanna Strelkoff. She's a transformation speaker and coach. On October 4th in 2002, Leanna was was climbing up a tree while on a date in the Malibu Hills. 1.2 seconds later, she was on the ground. She'd fallen 25 feet, broke her back, and became a paraplegic. As a lifelong dancer and outdoor enthusiast, paralysis was especially catastrophic. In an instant, she had lost the things that she had valued the most. But the, pal- the paralysis didn't just change her life, it transformed it. That shift in mindset, being curious about what was happening instead of fighting, hiding, or giving up, set the stage for learning to relate to paralysis rather than react, and the magic started to flow. Leanna, welcome to the show. It's a pretty amazing story you have. You know, when you say the magic started to flow, I was wondering what exactly it was that you mean by that magic. Well, Deborah, right from the very beginning, from the moment that I heard the branch crack, I knew that something different was happening. This was sort of a new life for me. And I made a choice in that moment to say yes to that new life. I had no idea what was coming I knew I was going to hit the ground. And right from that very beginning, the world started to look different. I I had this incredible peace that came over me. I felt calm like I never had in my life before. Even after I hit the ground, I could hear my own wisdom in my head, a voice, my voice speaking to me in my head, telling me what I needed to know, how I needed to respond to this event. And that voice stayed with me. So right from the beginning, everything in my life started to change in a really positive way, even though I sustained this incredible injury. Wow. And I know that you've taken this story, and this is part of your signature presentation, isn't it? Oh, most definitely. (laughs) Most definitely. I've been telling this story for 14 years now. 
Wow. And how do people tend to react to it? I would expect that they're pretty amazed that you walk, you came away with that. I was going to say walked away, but you came <laughs> away with that with such a positive perspective on life. It, it must be really interesting to have that conversation with people. Well, I think that people are somewhat accustomed to stories of, um, you know, somebody overcoming a great challenge. I think what's unique about my story is that, first of all, I obviously didn't overcome paralysis, but I didn't thrive despite paralysis. I thrived because of it. So the fact that I was in this situation um, increased my ability to earn. It skyrocketed my business. It improved my ability to be in intimate relationships. It um, obliterated the chronic depression and anxiety that I had lived with my whole life before that. All of these things began to change almost instantly. And I think that that's, um, it's sort of shocking when you hear that, when you hear that you lose the things you value most and everything starts to turn to gold. And so I think that people walk away. What they've told me is that, first of all, they see themselves in my story, which is unusual because I'm virtually never speaking to people who have paralysis. And mm -hmm. yet there is something so universal about the way I talk about challenge and adversity um, you know, the deeper you go, the more universal you become. And I speak with tremendous self-awareness about my own experience. So people see themselves in that experience and they start to see new possibilities for themselves, even though their challenge hasn't miraculously vanished. They see new possibilities for how they can relate to that challenge and what that challenge can do do for them and be for them so that it's not just something that's happening to them, but it becomes something that's also happening for them. And that's, that's a miraculous sort of, it's really revolutionary, that idea that this really hard thing, be it divorce or a health crisis or a financial crisis or just a big change, um, for instance, in a, in a business, in a company, there's big, big changes and everybody feels unstable and uncertain and on shaky ground to to go into those situations feeling that, wait a minute, this might have something for me. This could be an extraordinarily positive experience. It's a huge paradigm shift. And then to be taught through my story how they can access that, people get extremely excited. They get, um, they feel inspired, but, but in a way that's not just like, wow, she's amazing, in a way that is more like, wow, I can do something with this. That's what you happens. bring that message. Yeah, I know you bring that message through in your speaking. When you had this happen, had you already thought about becoming a speaker or was it this fall that prompted you to take that message and decide to become a speaker? I had not thought of it one little bit. <laughs> I had never envisioned that for myself. I, um, you know, when all of this started to happen, I was writing a lot. I spent two months in the hospital and I was writing a great deal because dance had always been my way of processing events and emotions in my life. And I didn't have access to that. So I was writing a ton and there were just extraordinary things happening all around me. I had a kind 
awareness um, that I had never had before in my life. And the people that were coming into my life and the circumstances and my, my relationship, my vision into those circumstances was so unique and interesting and acute and rich. So I was writing all of this down. And when I got out of the hospital two months later, I was absolutely compelled to start telling these stories. I simply could not not tell them. And I had a background in theater. My undergraduate degree is in theater. And I, I, I took them to the stage because that's what I knew. But I took them in the form of a performance. And it wasn't until I opened a full-length one-woman show uh, based on these stories, based on the first two years that I was paralyzed, and people started to approach me, audience members, who were uh, professors, for instance, at local universities. I don't even know how they knew about the show. I had no relationship with them, but they came to me and said, would you please come and speak to our students, to our faculty? And that's how it started. I had no vision for it whatsoever. It came to me. Wow. And I, <clears throat> we met because of the Connected Women of Influences Sue Talks. And mm. you became, you were one of the first speakers, wasn't it, that we had in Hunting, in uh, Irvine, California. It, yeah, um, in Orange we, County. Right. Yeah, first brought it to Orange County. And uh, how did you find out about Sue Talks and what made you decide that that was something you wanted to participate in? For the listeners, Sue Talks uh, Sue stands for Successful, Unstoppable, and Empowered. And we wanted to bring this to women to have them up on stage to share their stories. So how did you find out about that? And uh, was that probably the first start of you saying, or, but you'd been speaking before. How did that change your speaking after doing a Sue Talk? Well, I found out about it because I was nominated for a Woman of Influence Award um, through Connected Women of Influence. I didn't know about the organization either, but I, someone in the organization knew me and knew about my work and nominated me for this award. So I was introduced to Connected Women of Influence that way. And once I was there and started uh, meeting women in the group, and speaking about my work, uh, actually, the, one of the founders, Michelle Brookquist, came to me and said, I think you would really be wonderful for our Sue Talk series that we've just launched. Mm-hmm. You know, would you consider it? And so once I saw what it was about, you know, it's funny when you say it stands for successful, unstoppable, empowering. I always think of it as successful, uppity, and empowering. Every time somebody asks me what Sue stands for, I, I have to think, like, wait, no, it doesn't stand for uppity. That's not the right word. Um, and having done the Sue Talk, you know, the Sue Talk was an extraordinary experience because it's a TED-style talk in that it's, it's real, extremely potent uh, 12-minute talk. And I have, you know, I'm a long-form storyteller by nature, so for me to condense really the heart of everything that I have into that 12-minute format was an extraordinary experience. It was really powerful for me to have that. Um, and, you know, my, my speaking has just continued to grow over the years. Yes, I know. I was quite impressed. I came up to you afterwards to talk to you about that as well. I just thought uh, you really have such a wonderful message of empowerment to share. So 
what are some of the presentations that you bring to any or organization that would like to have a speaker like you? What is it that you give um, specific, uh, I know it's empowerment topics, but what type of, type of uh, titles do you bring and, and what do they comprise yeah. of? Most specifically, I talk about leveraging change, challenge, adversity, and loss. So I mm. speak to organizations and groups of people who are experiencing any type of significant change, challenge, adversity, or loss. And I speak to them about transforming those experiences into catalysts so that we can become more than we've been before that instead of being held back by those events or diminished by those events in some way or fighting our way through those events and coming out exhausted and depleted, that we actually use those events as catapults to become more than we are. Um, that's the core topic that I speak about, and it's applicable in all different environments to all different audiences because as humans, we cannot avoid change, challenge, adversity and loss. We just don't get That's to have a life that, yeah, we don't get to have a life that is not affected by those things. So I, that's the, that's the primary topic. There are sort of subtopics underneath that, but I really talk about what's the relationship that we're having with those kinds of challenging circumstances and what relationship do we need to be having in order to transform them into catalysts? Because that does not happen by accident. Um, it, it takes a series of choices and then a- actions and habits and behaviors. So I teach about that as well. Yeah, I definitely can appreciate that it takes time, repetition, and a change of habits and behaviors. I've been going through my own process when I started meditating and I was looking at my, Mm -hmm. I use an app and I do it at night when I go to bed because I know that's when it'll sink in and I, I know the changes, but I looked at my app and it's been 172 days now that I've done it in a row. So I really Mm -hmm. do believe that when you're exposed to some new way of thinking or a new strategy to help improve your life or address something that you want to change in your life, that, being able to have uh, that sort of repetitive process that helps you cement that new change that you want in your life. Is that along the lines of what you help them discover? Um, My role is less about the cementing than it's twofold. The first thing that I do is to float the idea of this new paradigm. Because it's really, we have instinctual ways of facing challenges, whatever those challenges are. We have essentially four instinctual ways, and all four of them get in the way of this transformative opportunity. (laughs) So in order to use these experiences as catalysts, we have to relate to them in a way that is counterintuitive. And so my first role as a speaker is to model what's possible in this new paradigm because my life, my entire life is an example of that. So model Mm -hmm. what's possible and then talk about how did I enable this outcome? 
and help people to start to make that shift so that they can, as, as they are uh, confronted with challenges in their lives, they may be having one in particular as they're sitting there in the audience, but guaranteed it's not going to be the last one they ever have. So <laughs> as they're confronted with challenges as they go forward in their lives, that there, there is something in the mind, in the mindset and the perspective that has shifted and that change in relationship opens up doors that were not there before. You know, one of the most uh, gratifying things about the work that I do as a speaker is I hear from people often years after they have heard me speak. And they will write to me, they'll reach out to me on my website or on social media, and they'll say, you know, I still think about that talk that you gave. I still remember that talk that you gave. There is something profoundly transformational that happens in the room, far beyond just sort of being inspired. There is a shift that takes place. And that shift then carries them into those future challenges where they can begin to to work with different behaviors or different actions, different attitudes, different habits, and, and do the, what you were saying about the sort of rep- repetitive process that happens down the mm-hmm. line after this, this mm. initial shift that happens in the room. Wow. And, you know, I, I know that you, would you describe your speaking style as that of a storyteller? Because, I know that we talked about that earlier on that you like to use the storytelling method. So is that what you, how you would describe your speaking style? Definitely. I'm definitely a storyteller. Um, no question about that. That's, that's just core to my nature. Um, I'm also an extremely accessible speaker. I don't have a formal um, style. I'm very passionate in my presentation, but very accessible. So I connect very deeply with audiences. I'm, I'm, I'm easy to relate to and easy to connect with. So there's a lot of humor when I speak. There's a lot of um, passion. There's a lot of drama. My story is very, very dramatic. Um, it gets people's attention instantly. I'm frequently told, my goodness, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> um, in fact, people were telling me that after the Sioux talk. You know, I mean, the room is just riveted. That's a word that gets reflected back to me a lot. Um, so it's dramatic and passionate, but very accessible, personable, and engaging. And what type of events do you tend to gravitate towards to be able to share your message? Deborah, this is actually a very hard question to ask, answer because I have been invited to speak at such diverse events. Mm, we lost Leanna for a moment. As you can tell, she has an incredible story. And I'm sure if we give her a moment, uh, she will be calling back in. So we'll just uh, give her a moment or two to come back. I have to tell you, though, watching Liana speak at the Sioux Talks event was uh, really breathtaking for me because she gave such an incredible Um, presentation and the ability to really move the audience that uh, that's one of the reasons why I went up to her afterwards and just told her how much I appreciated what uh, she had done at Sue Talks. Welcome back, Leanna. We just like to have our guests drop out every once in a while so we can have a (laughs) moment with uh, (laughs) the listeners. 
Does she keep things fresh um, and lively? <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's all part of technology, isn't it? You know, you just never know what, what might happen at any point in time. But we were talking about uh, the types of events that you have spoken to or would love to speak to. Yes, and I was saying that it's quite a difficult question to answer because I'm invited to speak at such a diverse um, diverse gathering of, of events, types of events. I have spoken for, you know, the large staff of a nonprofit who were, the organization was going through great changes, and so it was just for them, and it was focused on mm. those changes. I've spoken at health and wellness events um, with very large audiences and people facing all different kinds of um, health challenges. I have spoken to business groups looking at both the challenges that we face in business and what relationship we can have to them so that those challenges can catapult us forward, but also talking to business groups about just the challenges you face as a human, whether you're, you're facing them in your personal life or your business life and how to open up those possibilities for yourself. So it's really very, very diverse. I like large audiences, um, I often speak frequently to women's groups. Um, what else can I tell you about types of events? It's it's really hard for me to nail down. From a marketing perspective, it's a nightmare, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about one of the events that was the most m- memorable to you. I know you spoke earlier about uh, a question that came up at one of the events, but what are some of the more memorable events that you really felt after you spoke, that you had a significant impact on maybe specific people in the audience or in the room in general? Yeah, I was invited to speak at uh, the live event of a business coach. And there were about, I don't know, a little over 100 women in the room. And they were there for business training. And I'm certainly not a business coach. I I do not Mm -hmm. teach people how to run their businesses by any means. Um, But I, I spoke to that group and I think that what made it so deep was that those women were there with the intention of expanding. They wanted to grow their businesses. They wanted to be better at what they did. They wanted to reach more people And they were extremely receptive to my story and my vision because it would allow them to integrate the inevitable challenges that they were going to face, the challenges that they were already facing, and challenges they had faced in the past but were still feeling held back by. It it was going to enable them to go so much further. And because that's what they were there for. They were there to go further. And I think that that was a really, even though I wasn't talking about business, that was a really, really uh, empowering event. And um, that one that stands out in my mind for sure. When members of the audience come up and talk to you, do you ever have a sense that they they're thinking about moving forward on some of the actions you might have suggested in order to improve their life. And maybe they're wondering if they've had any regrets in their life that they felt they couldn't get over, but 
after being able to see you and talk to you, they realize that they should follow that lead that you've given them, that, you know, life is really essentially too short and to grab at all the opportunities to experience and grow as possible? You know, I'll tell you truthfully, I don't hear much about regret as a stumbling block. What I hear more Mm -hmm. is acceptance and inability to accept that um, that something has happened or something has changed where we sort of want to fight that change or deny that change or, or mm-hmm. we're just pissy about it. You know, it's like we know it's happened and we're not denying it, but we can't stop being pissy about it. And um, mm-hmm. I, hear, I hear issues with acceptance and I hear a tremendous amount of surprise, a tremendous amount of, <gasps> Really? I could I could be having that relationship with what's happened to me. Like it just it hasn't occurred to anyone that the situation could be anything besides something that is happening to you. They feel victimized by the situation. They feel that they don't have any control over the situation. And what my story demonstrates is that there's a huge difference between being in control and being in command. And that many, many things are going to happen to us that we, don't, we can't control. But we can always be in command, even in those situations. And suddenly and you, something becomes possible that wasn't possible before. And you had also, that's part of your inspiring them about mindset and being able to overcome obstacles where we have a choice if something has happened, we can sit and sit in the sorrow of it or we can just kind of accept that that's what happens and moving on. It's a really inspirational story. And learning how to be with those feelings because that sense of loss, Mm. that sadness, that's important. We can't just jump over that. I tried that when I was first paralyzed. That's exactly what I tried to do. Like I'm just going to plow through this. And that's one of the instincts that we have, and it doesn't work. So we have to learn how to process those emotions and to give proper space to those emotions without collapsing into them, but also without denying Mm -hmm. them. You know, one of the skills that you learn if you work with me as a coach is we make room for a very big truth, that many things can be true at once. They're often contradictory. So we can be sad about something and be empowered and moving forward. We don't have to choose between those two things. Let's take just a moment here, and for the listeners, can you share with them or with any planners that are listening to this, will you share with them how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to have you at their event? Oh, absolutely. Um, They can reach me at my website. It's lianastrelkoff.com, L-Y-E-N-A-S-T-R-E-L. K-O-F like Frank, F like Frank.com. And the navigation bar at the top, you'll see a tab called Keynotes. And in the the first page on that tab, um, you know, you can get a lot of information about me, but there's also a place to uh, to book Leanna or something like that. And you can get to a form that's a speaker inquiry form. You give me all the details about your events and, and, uh, you know, we can begin a conversation about your needs and how I might be able to serve your community and your audience. And now you've also written a book, haven't you? 
I have been, uh, no, I have not. I have been included in a book. There is a, a book called Dancing at the Shame Prom, which is an anthology of personal essays. And my essay is actually the opening essay of that book. And I have written a full-length autobiographical one-woman show called Caterpillar Soup about my injury in ah, those first two years. Yes. Yeah, you mentioned that early on. That has to be something that's a lot of fun for you to do, right? It was for many years. I did five national tours of that show. It's opening wow. run. We did six months in Los Angeles, which is just unheard of. And uh, and I got to do five national tours. So it it was it was a spectacular experience. Um, and coming into communities and connecting with audiences and doing workshops and Q and A's and hearing so many stories of so many different challenges. I mean, that's really what inspired the work that I do today. You know, I speak because I'm on a mission. I, I want to change the way that humans as a species relate to change, challenge, and adversity. I know the gold that can come out of those incredibly difficult experiences, and I want everybody to have access to that. So I'm highly, highly motivated, and that came in large part from meeting a lot of people in pain around the country and wanting to make sure that they had access to a different way of, of relating to what they were going through so that those experiences could have a different outcome for them. And you've been coaching women for a while. I know you have a coaching program. Um, do you have a story of, of someone, whether it's a man or a woman in particular, who was able to overcome what they assigned as a um, challenge in their life or a setback in their life after working with you? How they transformed? Absolutely. Um, The first person that comes to mind is a woman named Sherry who came to me initially. Her marriage was, um, oh, it was about to explode (laughs) Um, she had discovered some very disturbing things about her husband and uh, he had been lying about many things and the whole foundation of, of their marriage had been rocked. And at the time that she came to me, she was on the verge of divorcing, but she had been married for more than 20 years. She had not been working all of that time. She had no independent income. Um, she was not really empowered to she knew she couldn't stay, but she, she really wasn't empowered to do anything else. Um, when she first started working with me, we were able to very quickly, um, within just a few months, begin to shift that so that she could make choices on her own behalf, really, to advocate for herself, to follow through on actions that she needed to take. And I remember her telling me after just, what, a month or so of working together, how different the world was starting to look and how she was starting to see patterns in who she brought into her life and and relationships that were not healthy and how she was not taking good care of herself in the deepest sense, not just in terms of, you know, the food she ate, but really in the deepest sense, the life that she had been creating for herself and allowing to be created for her. So she got much more empowered in that life. She went back to school. She finished her training uh, in a real estate program that she already had. Um, she, she had done before. She started a staging business where um, she has a design background. And so she had started a staging business 
And just when we thought that she was getting her feet firmly on the ground, she was diagnosed with cancer. And there was this great terror, of course, um, on her part. And I, I, you know, that is not necessarily a common experience. We start to pull our lives together and then we get diagnosed with cancer, but it is fairly common when we make a huge change like that, that another challenge comes up. And it's part of why our more typical responses to challenge don't work, because if we're depleted in that moment, then we get knocked out by the next challenge that comes. So I was able to be there when that next challenge came. And um, though she was no longer, for instance, able to pay for coaching, I reached out to my community, you know, my list and my social media community and said, will you all pitch in so that I can work intensively with this woman through her chemotherapy and through her work? And they did. And so I worked with her for another year after that. And because of the work that we did and her ability to stay empowered through this extraordinary challenge, she was able to find the right doctors, find the right treatments, recognize when something wasn't right for her, stand up to her doctors and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to follow this path instead. She has been in full remission now for years. She has her successful staging business. And here's, here's what for me is almost the most fun thing is her husband went through a massive transformation just because he was in the presence of her demanding different things, not tolerating certain things. She brought a different person and he became someone different. And their marriage is actually in a completely different place now and they stayed together. That is a beautiful story. And I'm going to leave it at that. I think this is a great way to end our time together today. I am just, uh, I think what you're doing is extraordinary. And I wish you nothing but the best. And for any of the planners that would be listening to this audio, this is definitely a speaker you want at your next event. I really appreciate you taking the time and also being so open. And I, I feel like I've had a little micro view of what it must be like to sit in your audience and to hear your story and to realize that we all have difficulties too and that those can be overcome with the right attitude and maybe a little bit of help from someone like you. Liana, I have really appreciated the time that we've had together today. Thank you so much for spending it with me. It's been really great. Deborah, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And that is uh, the show for today. I hope that you'll all take a second listen at this show because it is by far one of the most favorite interviews that I've had to date. Um, I've had to keep a little uh, tissue here next to me as well because I just, the stories are remarkable. So again, I really want to thank Leanna for really coming in, opening up her heart to all of us and sharing this. So if you are a speaker that uh, you would like to share your, your passionate message with my listeners here at Speaking with Influence, you can feel free to contact me. My number is 
685-1960. Or you can send me an email, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. And we are here every Tuesday at uh, 10 a.m. This is, happens to be a special event that we're having with Leanna because uh, she needed to have a different time. But you can find us regularly Tuesday at 10 p.m. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com. comes to safety, nothing is more important than your vehicle's brakes. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing or grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest and BrakeBest Select at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brakes from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to safety, nothing is more important than your vehicle's brakes. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing or grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest and BrakeBest Select at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brakes from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>